What's up, everybody? Welcome back. It's your boy, D-Friend. Episode number 13 is about to begin, but you already know before you do, make sure you subscribe to YouTube if you're watching right now on YouTube. Make sure you go to SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes if you just want to listen to the audio, because you know it's easier on your way to work. When you're working out, all that good shit, go to uh, Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes and search up the D-Friend show. We got a lot to get into today. We got the Aaron Hernandez documentary I'm going to talk about. We got Stormzy speaking on Drake and how Drake's... Um, using of the UK culture makes it good and also slight negative to it as well. We got Moneybag Yo talking about how he got the Migos out of a, a little tempt. We got Boosie, George Zimmer. We just got a lot to get into, man. And we got the the comedian who admitted to, you know what I'm saying, pretty much raping a chick on a pocket. We, it's, it's, it's a lot, man. It's a crazy episode. So, like I said, before we get into it, make sure you subscribe on all those platforms, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and also here on YouTube so you don't miss any videos, clips throughout the week. The show is Monday through Friday, so you don't want to miss out on anything. And you also can go back to any episode that you have missed previously if you are new here. So, <clears throat> the first thing I want to get to is Aaron Hernandez, right? So, Aaron Hernandez doc came out yesterday night, and... <clears throat> Initially, I was kind of a didn't really know too much about the case. Obviously, you when you're you you hear Aaron Hernandez, star Patriot wide receiver, um, indicted for murder. He killed somebody. He's only 23. Like I knew all that stuff, right? But I didn't know the details behind it. I didn't know how he did it. I didn't know why allegedly he did. I didn't know any of those details. I didn't really follow the case like a lot of people did. So documentaries are like really good as, as far as. Things go on in the real world right now that you don't know all the facts to that go untold, right? When you put out a documentary, you're able to put majority of all the information into three episodes, and I can get all the information right there. Rather, this day, this report comes out. Four weeks later, this report comes out. Seven weeks later, this new report. I, I'm not keeping up with it like that. I, I'm not looking for the new report three months later, two months later. But documentaries... They pull it all in. They got the timeline for you so you know everything's going on. So it's a great documentary. If I advise you, if you haven't seen it, you should go check it out. You should go and watch that um, immediately. So one thing I didn't know was how ruthless he was. I forgot all about the the double murder. Even though he got offered that double murder, if you watch it, I, I mean, it's not spoiling this fucking this documentary. Even though he got off of that double murder, it just seemed like, you know, he, 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 he did that shit. He had to have did that shit. He just had to have. Just seeing the way he was moving, the seeing the way he was doing shit. He shot motherfuckers in uh, Florida. He shot motherfuckers in uh, Connecticut. Just, there's a whole bunch of different ways that he was out here trying to kill people. And it really, in a certain part of the documentary, you start to feel bad for him. You start to be like, mm, damn, look at his home life. Look at what he was going through. He was fighting with the whole sexuality thing, even though everybody's, that's still alleged, but you know what I'm saying? They had the dude in the documentary that was his friend from, from high school. I don't think that he really going to come on there from high school and say that they was playing and doing stuff with each other when it was in high school if it didn't happen. That's just me. Because I don't think he want to go out into the real world and have to deal with that. Because dealing with Aaron Hernandez, I feel like anywhere you go, that's going to be some type of backlash. So I don't think you can necessarily go on there just to lie about it. He could be, but I don't think I'm going to run with the premise that he's not lying. So he's doing his sexuality thing. They had the other gay football player who was on there who was talking about how he was struggling with his sexuality when he was playing football. I mean, he didn't go out and kill people, but you know what I'm saying? They're trying to give you the elements of what goes on in the NFL. They had Chris Borland on there, who I think his name is Chris Borland. I know his last name is Borland, 
who retired from the NFL after one year because he was afraid of CTE. So they had the CTE aspect in the documentary and how that affected Aaron Hernandez and what his brain looked like at 27 and how other 27-year-olds' brains look who are just normal, everyday people. And I don't want that to be a cop-out because at the end of the day, his actions are his actions. I know, oh, but his brain, he couldn't function correctly. But like a lot of people said in documenting, there are thousands and thousands of other NFL players that are out here and they have CTE and they're not out here killing people. They're not out here acting like they're the biggest gangster in Connecticut. They're not doing that. But Aaron Hernandez was. So, like I said, recipes to Odin Lloyd, recipes to the two guys who got killed in the um, in, at the traffic light. I forgot what their names were, but we I remember Odin Lloyd's name. So, the cra- I want to just piece by piece this documentary. So I'm just going to try to slow it down. I'm going to talk about one thing at a time, right? So let's talk about the gay thing. He was in football. He obviously was flirting with the gay thing when he was in high school. I don't know to what extent he flirted with it in college or how he kept it hidden when he was an adult. But you could tell by some of the conversations that he has with his girl during the prison calls that he was trying to overly compensate that he wasn't fucking with the gay shit that was going on in the jail. You know what I'm saying? Oh, look at those things over there in regards to transgender people. Oh, oh, mom, they got these fags around here just running around going crazy. He's trying to overly let them know, like, these guys are in here doing this. I don't like it. I hate it. And there's always that saying that goes, um, people that push hard so hard against something usually are the ones that would like to partake, but they hate their self so much inside for even thinking about wanting to do that stuff that they they lash out on other people right it's kind of like when you see these politicians out here and they're so hard against marijuana or they're so hard against gay rights or they're so hard against you know what i'm saying cheat whatever the fuck it is prostitution but then they get caught for prostitution or they get caught for being gay or they get caught for doing drugs like that's the type of people that that's the type of person i feel like from watching the documentary don't know him in real life obviously but from the documentary that's where i could draw that conclusion that that's what he seemed to be and that's kind of what that the the big white guy who was a, a offensive lineman for the Patriots, he spoke about that as well. He was gay. He knew he was gay when he hit puberty. And he used football as a mask to kind of like, look at me, I'm a big football player. Nobody's going to assume that I'm gay. And even when he would be around his friends and they'd be like, oh, look at that fag over there. Or look at these gay people over here. He joined in on it just because now he's in fear of coming out of the closet because the people he's hanging out with, they already don't like gay people. They're already talking derogatory towards gay people. And I go lie, man. It, it kind of changed my perspective on when I say things like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Hey, if somebody says the word fag, you shouldn't really be offended by that. You shouldn't be offended by this. You shouldn't be offended by that. But when you actually hear people who are going through these things, right? And you hear the big football player telling, I'm just going to play football. Because it puts up a mask of me not uh, me and my sexuality and people won't assume that I'm gay. But as soon as I'm done with football, I'm going to kill myself because I'm too scared to come out and be myself. And I ain't gonna lie. Just as a human being, that shit's heartbreaking to me. Because I don't want people to be out here feeling like, oh, they can't be themselves because in fear of what other people think, right? That's why I always say... Um, I don't even know. This might be even problematic for me to say this. Like, I would prefer my son not to be gay. I wouldn't never tell him that, hey, son, I, w- I don't want you to be gay. I wouldn't I wouldn't come out verbally and never tell him that. But if he was, 
I'd be accepting. I would love him because I don't want, I would rather my son be here and be gay than him hide being gay his whole life. And then when he's 21, he can't take it anymore. He ends up killing himself. He writes me a letter saying, I, I'm sorry, dad, I was gay. Um, I was too afraid to come out to you. I just couldn't do it. So I could like, that would, that would be the worst possible thing. I believe that could happen for me. So all these people that are here, like tearing their kids down or, just even giving them the notion that if you're gay, I'm going to disown you. Kids out there who are gay, just just know that you're not the one to wrong. Your parents, your, your your people around you, their old way, their mentalities, they're the people that are in the wrong. Not you. You shouldn't let um the way that old dinosaurs believe and think affect how you go through your everyday life. So also with that, there was um, the gay aspect to it. There was the guys who um, got on the radio show and they had the lady on there and they, they described that the reason that Aaron Hernandez killed Aaron, uh, not Aaron Lloyd, Odin Lloyd was because Odin Lloyd found out that Aaron Hernandez, well, they said like this, they found Odin Lloyd found um, Aaron Hernandez in a compromising position. And in the NFL, he was in the tight end. He was a tight end. It he ended up being the wide receiver. So joking pretty much about him being gay, right? So they're trying to tie the fact that Odin Lloyd got murdered by Aaron Hernandez to the fact that Odin Lloyd somehow found out or seen that Aaron Hernandez was um, gay, and that's why they murdered him. That's a strong accusation to put, especially when you're on the radio. Because like I said, when you're in media, you got to be mindful of the things you say. You got to be mindful of the things you do because there's people out here who, um, what do you want to say? There's people out here who are affected by this, right? The family's affected by this. The daughter's got to hear this. The mom's got to hear this. Odin Lloyd's family's got to hear this. Like, and you're just trying to minimize it and make jokes about, oh, he killed him because he found him gay. Oh, he's a tight end in the NFL. Now he's a wide receiver because I guess he's getting it in the butt. And then they're laughing about it. It's like, that's not, that's not, it's distasteful. I know he's, I know he, I know he's a murderer. I know, I know he is. I know he shouldn't get no sympathy from nobody. I seen they put clips of Stephen A. They put clips of um, what's the dude's name? Shannon Sharp. They said he don't get no sympathy from me. Two days later, after the radio show, he hung himself, right? And they say he hung himself because if you kill yourself while you're in an appeal, you end up getting a no, a no guilty verdict. There's no verdict at all. And then his wife and his people. I remember hearing that report. Like, oh shit, he killed himself. So. That means his wife and the Patriots, they have to pay his wife all this money. His kids are set for life. They should be set if they manage the money correctly. But I don't know whatever came of that. I don't know um, if they ever got any money from the Patriots. I don't know if the Patriots are just like, here, here's a couple of dollars just to hold you guys over for a certain period in time for y'all's life. Who knows? I don't know. So pretty much just a documentary is just crazy. I mean, just the, also the other aspect of it, so off the, um, the whole gay part of the documentary, Onto the a person, I always talk about this. I always talk about people that grow up in pretty good environments that want to be in the streets because they look at it like that's the cool thing to do, that's the manly thing to do. Aaron Hernandez is, is is from Connecticut. I'm not saying there's not hoods in Connecticut. There might be hoods. I'm sure there's hoods everywhere. But from what is looking like Aaron Hernandez documentary, he wasn't from the hood. He didn't live in the hood. He lived in a nice little suburban area. There's the white all the white people at the school wasn't the hood, right? It wasn't until he went down to Florida with them Florida boys, with the Pouncy brothers and all that. When he kind of made the flip, that's when he got all the tats. That's when he was doing this and when he was doing that. And that just comes with him. That's more another psychological thing of him not being able to be himself. 
I'm glad that I learned at a young age that I can just be myself. I don't have to do things that everybody else was doing. Because when I was younger, I used to try to do the same thing. And I was living in a nice, and humble, they would say it's nice. But I think when you look at it compared to areas and other areas in Houston, it was a nice area, right? Um, But there was people around me that was doing certain things. They were uh, stealing this, stealing that. And I was like, okay. For in order for them to look at me like I'm cool, I need to partake in these things with them, right? And it took me getting arrested at Macy's for selling the shirt. That was the dumbest shit I ever did. And once that happened, I was able to look at myself. And this is at a young age. You said like 15. I was able to look at myself and be like, bro, this ain't you. This ain't the life you're trying to live. So ever since that day, if anybody who knows me in real life... I don't play about shit that has to do with anything illegal. I don't care what it is. People will store me. You say, I'm about to steal a pack of goddamn Yu-Gi-Oh. It don't matter what it is. I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I'm not down with it. Cause I don't want to suffer consequences of getting something on my record, going to jail. Cause I know that that environment is not an environment for them, but a lot of people don't know that they can't get themselves out of them situations. They feel like I need to do this. I seen plenty of dudes in high school. That was a funny, goofy kid end up getting with the wrong crowd and now they're in prison for seven years. They're in prison for six years. But the the street guys who they wanted to be cool with, they're still out here living their life. But you want to be a crash dummy and impress these guys so you do anything to get in that crowd. You do anything to have these people see you, have these people accept you. But you don't understand is having these people accept you don't mean shit because they don't even like they self, first of all. So you're trying to fit into a crowd of people who don't even like them their self in the day. And it's just a sad case because you see it all. You see it all the time. You see, you'll see it in high school. If you go to certain high schools and you see that there's a certain like element there, and you'll know a kid in freshman year. By the time he's a senior, he done flipped over this side. But you know his mama living the goddamn five hundred thousand dollar house, and it's like, what is he doing? This? Why is he trying to do this? That's not you. That shouldn't even be you. But you're trying to look cool for these guys who, when they get out of high school, they're gonna be fucking bummed. You done ruined your life. It's like. It, don't, it just doesn't make sense to me. That's what it seems like Aaron Hernandez. He got in that crowd. He wanted to be cool. He wanted to show he was a tough guy. So he went down that path of killing people um, and doing all types of shit like that. But it's a great documentary. It's a nice thing to watch. Not like nice. Like, ooh, it's, a, it's just a great documentary. It really puts insight on the whole case from all angles and all sides. Like I said, Recipes of the two guys that got murdered in the thing. I've been in Hernandez. Wish he would have had Bo Baez, whoever what his name, Joe, Joe Baez or whatever his name is for the first case. Cause he murdered the, no pun intended, but Joe Baez murdered the second case. Like he made everybody think it was the Bradley guy. Like, Hey, look, he lied. He said he got shot in the, in the seat. But then obviously if you look at the crime scene, he shot outside of the car. He sent Aaron Hernandez a text saying that I will tell him the real story or something like that. If you do that, like, he murdered that first, that second case. He probably is like, Aaron Hernandez probably like, fuck, I should have had you on the first one. And Joe Biden is the same guy that got Casey Anthony out for murdering her daughter. So it's just a crazy situation, really tragic situation for everybody involved. The CTE, the, the closeted gay thing, the, the mental thing, the dad that abused the mom and the mom that wasn't worth the fuck. And the only person that was holding that nigga down was the aunt. The aunt wasn't saying nothing. I don't know if, I think mostly, you know what I think it is with the aunt, if you watch the documentary, the aunt held Aaron Hernandez down because she knew she didn't have too much longer anyways. She had breast cancer. She wasn't out here, you know what I'm saying, just lively with life. She like, for my last couple of years of life, I'm gonna just hold you down. I ain't gonna tell them nothing. I know they found the issue being my my um my garage. I don't know how I got that. I don't know what it is. I don't know nothing. So she's the only one that really 
held him down. The sister to sister connection that was kind of crazy to me because the sister that's fiance to Aaron Hernandez, no Aaron Aaron Hernandez fiance's sister was Odin Lloyd's girlfriend. So there's that connection. How they was close. It's just it's just a crazy situation. It's really ruthless when they show the next day the niggas just up chilling playing with the baby like they didn't just murder somebody. So it's a wild. Um, it's a wild documentary. It's a wild story. So I want to move on from that. I want to talk about some good shit. Let's just get to a couple of little good things. So Biggie and uh, Whitney Houston got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, um, long overdue. It should have been done. It should have been done, especially Whitney. Like Whitney should have got that while she was alive. She was one of the biggest artists in one of the eighties and the nineties or something like that. So like she should have been in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Biggie should have been in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as well. By now he's been dead for almost what twenty five years now or something like that. So he should have been there. And um, check out some great interviews that I, I listened to yesterday. Um, Robert Downey Jr. on Joe Rogan. That's a great one. You can go check that out. Um, Charlamagne. We're going to talk about the Stormzy thing. But Charlamagne, the guy sat down with Stormzy. That was a great interview. And salute to Red Radar, man. They just look like they just keep they're lining up these 2020 interviews, man. They got a Stormzy one coming up. They just did a Trippy Red one. They did that Drake one at the end of the year. And then they just t- sent a picture this morning. I seen that they got a City Girls interview. Coming. They've got a lot of great shit coming up. They're not playing when it comes to this hip-hop. Um, interviewing plat, um, field. They're not. They're not. They're not fucking around when it comes to that. So, a couple more things I want to get into is I think the first one I get into is money bag. This isn't really a major, major story, but this is something that I do talk about on the channel a lot, and that's people people doing things to get to get instant gratif- instant fame and instant clicks rather than thinking long term. And this story, money bag yell, makes me think that he thinks long term and that's why he's here right now today because he's thinking long term he's not thinking short term so um da, 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 he was a complex and he told them a story so money back your reflection on the time he and black youngster helped take off out of a pinch it was me and black youngster begins money bag a gleam in his eye a couple more people from memphis with us too this was before the federal series i think miko's migos had the versace song out it was a minute we was in the streets with it they had a show in nashville and a fight had went on We'd help them. Not that they needed our help or nothing. We just got in there. So Black Youngster grabbed the bracelet. We followed the tour bus, explains the money bag, pulled it over, and we swapped it out. It goes to show we were looking at the situation like we can get more out of it than just a bracelet. Just get a bracelet back. We probably going to get a verse. We wasn't trying to sell the bracelet. The situ- uh, this situation, uh, like... Oh no! This situation, this situation like this, might put us somewhere else. We didn't even know them at the time. We got to know each other uh, when we exchanged the bracelet and numbers. They most definitely remember the story. Says money bag, but we ain't talked about it in so long. It really ain't nothing to talk about. It is what it is. So, this is a wise, um, wise scenario for money bag. This is what I talk about when these rappers and these people on social media go out here and they, I'm about to snatch this nigga chain. I'm about to steal his chain. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. And you get like, you think that that's going to blow you up. Because a lot of times it'd be other rappers that be stealing the chains. And they think, I'm going to steal this rapper's chain. People are going to start fucking with me because I stole this rapper's chain. But it never goes that way for them. It always goes the other way. You looked at like a dummy. You looked at like a clown. Yeah, the rapper might get joked on a little bit. But he's still the bigger rapper than you. He's he's already famous. We don't know who you are. You, you'll always be known as the guy who stole XYZ's chain. Even, even at that point. We'll forget you in a week and a half. But money back. Yo and them looked at it like we helped them in the, they didn't steal his bracelet. They just recovered the bracelet for him. 
instead of going on, and I'm sure Versace was, I don't know, there was no Instagram or no shit like that, but in today's um, standard, instead of going on Instagram and parading it like, oh, we got the Migos shit, we got the chain, we got their bracelet, he like, they're a big artist. You know what I'm saying? Versace, well, Versace was just our Migos. We didn't know what the Migos would be at that time, but they were, Versace had made them big artists, right? So they're looking at it like, shit, we can go get this niggas a chain back. We might get a verse. We might do this. And I don't know if the Migos and Moneybag ever did a song after that. But just that thinking, that long-term thing, like, I, w- I would rather do this than do this dumb shit. And people probably never remember me and, and then just forget me. Because a lot of people would rather just show off the chain or try to extort the niggas. Like, I got your chain. Give me $20,000. Give me, I got your bracelet. Give me $20,000 to get it back. And then if they, even if they do pay, like, now you're in the industry and people know about you. You're grimy. You're this, you're that. People ain't going to fuck with you. You probably wouldn't even made it if it wasn't for that situation. Like, he would have took the chain or the bracelet and instead of, like, giving it back to them, tried to extort them out of it, we might not have money back in the industry. He might be looked at as a grimy-ass nigga. You, you never know. So that just shows the type of the type of person that money bag is. You know, that just shows that man, he's a good guy. And um, I respect it. I respect it. And it's smart. It's just smart. Like, I, I like smart shit. I don't like dumb shit. The whole chain, world tour, this nigga got the chain on, he got the chain on, you get posted on Nama's Live Academics for two weeks, or not even two weeks, a day and a half, and then nobody remembers you anymore, but then you keep trying to flood, hey, listen to my music. No, it's not going to work like that. Rather than you getting the chain, you just give them to the artist, you link up with the artist, get his number, maybe you sign to him, maybe you get a verse from him, maybe you just get a, a relationship with him, and he brings you around more often, and you get that kind of But Maybe that's the way that a lot of young people should go, because they don't think like that. They just want to do um, the most viral thing at the time of, um, at the moment. So, what else we got, man? What else I was thinking? Oh, I was just thinking about something I was going to talk about. Oh, yeah, let me talk about this real quick. Like I said, salute to Moneybag. That's all great. So, speaking of stupid people, the national championship for college was on Monday. So, you already know Donald Trump is there. People are watching. People want to see what Donald Trump is doing. Like I said, he's polarizing. You hate him or you love him. But either way, whichever one you are, you always want to know and see what he's doing. So, they got the cameras on Donald Trump all fucking night, I'm assuming, just to see who's talking to him. So, Vince Vaughn, the actor from Wedding Crashers, and I don't know what else. I know he's in other movies because I like some of his movies. But Wedding Crashers is the one that comes to mind. The tall one, not the guy with the messed up nose. That's Owen something. He's sitting down with Trump, has a conversation with Trump, shakes his hand. Okay, that goes out on Twitter. You already know. They're killing him. Oh, Vince Vaughn wants to talk to Trump. He's the worst. He's this. He's that. I hear when I listen to people talk about he's a known libertarian, maybe slight conservative. So, I mean, if he's shaking hand with Trump, that makes sense. Then, oh, no, the heart of New Orleans. Drew Brees comes to sit down and talk to Trump. They blow that up on the internet. Drew Brees taking pictures with Trump. How could you do this? That's why the Saints didn't. Just dumb shit, right? It is another symptom of fucking crazies. Stop giving a fuck about Donald Trump because he don't give a fuck about you. It's just, it's just nothing. To, I, I, just, I don't even know why I'm talking about this because I just see this shit. I just be like, there's one of the moments you look at something like, are they really discussing this? I get it. You might not fuck with him. He might be the worst person you, but in the, the day, that nigga's still the president of the United States, regardless of what you think about him. He's still the president 
of the United States at the end of the day. So you can't get away from them. If you see them in a box that you're in, you probably look, fuck it. Let me go chop it up with this nigga. Maybe they trying to get some shit done. Maybe they're trying to get a law passed to help your ass out, but you would never know because you're so hell bent on not speaking to the man. You ain't never going to get shit done that way. That's why when Kim K went to speak to him, people were trying to give her backlash. Look what they done did. So all these people done let out of prison and just the good shit that's come from that conversation. So I advise if you want something to be done, more people probably have a, a conversation with the president of the United States, especially with celebrity, because like I always hear Charlemagne say, um, he's celebrity. He'll talk to celebrities. They just, uh, they, they get each other. They're all fucking celebrities. So that's it for that. So let's get into this um, Stormzy thing, because it's interesting to me. Because I always wondered what UK people thought about Drake and using that grime thing, like the new war track. The new war track is pretty much a grime, I think, I don't know, I don't know too much about grime, but I would assume that's a grime UK type of record. So let's see what Stormzy has to say about it. I don't know. Hopefully Charlemagne don't um copyright this fucking video because, you know, they niggas be good to copyright some shit. addition to a Star Wars genre is undeniably a good thing, a positive. I think the, You're about Drake the using little the style. negative comes from the fact that I see it's, it's what you showed me earlier. You know when you was like, um, how that's like people's only... Oh, yeah, somebody asked... Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I was looking yeah. at my man Artemis Gordon Page and they asked, well, Stormzy or um, Skepta ever break in the yeah, US? Yeah, 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 yeah. He said no because as long as Drake keeps doing that style and that sound and it's not accepted by him, it won't be accepted by So I think y'all. I can never tell because also I'm not on this side of things, so... I don't know how you guys feel about British music in terms of like grime and drill and Drake and whatever that whatever that and top way whatever that means to you guys. I'm not I'm not too sure. Do you know what I mean? But I'll also say it's the, it's that it's the classic thing of you know like when a, a small genre gets massive a, co, a massive cosign, but. The undeniable, the undeniability of it is that, of course, that brings exposure and that brings a light to a situation that no one. Listen, what what Drake has done in terms of like getting eyes locked in on culture is under that 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 can't happen without. That's a massive light on onto what we do, so you mm -hmm. can't deny that. But I guess with that comes its natural negatives in it it's like uh you're too mainstream now yeah, like, yeah. i don't want to play the whole entire you know it's like a three minute thing but pretty much yeah um it's a good thing because it brings light to us and the bad thing because if niggas in america don't like drake doing it then they'll never like us doing it that's their um their stance on it or that was another guy who Charlemagne references and this is how i think about it i don't think that that's necessarily true because i don't necessarily think that just because um, people don't like Drake doing a certain sound. They won't like other people doing the sound because I feel like other people, they would look at that as from what I hear about Drake and what people like and don't like about Drake is they'll look at that as that's more authentic. If you see a Stormzy, a Giggs, um, Skeptas, um, that's the biggest, that's the only UK artist I know. Skepta, Stormzy, and uh, Giggs because Giggs was on More Life. But like... <clears throat> If they do it, I feel like it's it's more acceptable, right? Because that's what they are. You're not going to look at that as, oh, look at Drake stealing this style. Oh, look, Drake stealing dancehall. Oh, he's stealing UK. Oh, he's stealing Jamaica. But when they do it, it's just like, oh, that's their thing. That's what they do. Because I don't never think it's a, um, we don't fuck with Drake doing this because it's not a good sound or it sounds bad. I think people don't like when Drake does it because they want Drake to just do regular Drake 
shit. Just rap regular. You maybe could do your trap Atlanta type of rapping, but like they want you to just rap regular. When you come on with the war shit, people don't fuck with it because that just ain't something that they're accustomed to with Drake. Or they just like, oh look, here go Drake stealing the UK shit again. So I don't think it's necessarily even in that realm of oh they need Drake to accept it, or we don't accept Drake doing it, so we'll never accept Stormzy or Gigs or um, Skepta. Did I say Skepta already or Skepta. We'll never accept these guys because we won't accept Drake. We won't accept Drake doing it because we don't want to hear that from Drake. We know that's not Drake. I know he's inspired, but that ain't the shit we want. Like if that's an album full of that, a couple songs might be hard, but we don't want that from Drake. I'll expect that from Storm Dog. Expect that from Skepta. Expect that from Gigs. And even Gigs getting a lot of hate on what was it? More Life, right? He had like two tracks on More Life. People, oh look at me, UK nigga. Yeah, it's funny. The memes are great, but I'm not even gonna say we act like that. Any of them Gigs verses was trash. Like he might have had some corny lines. But overall, it was still a he. He added value, in my opinion, to the songs. I never went in like, oh, let me look, listen to UK niggas now. After watching this interview, I want to go listen to some Stormzy shit just because I want to hear the way their experiences are compared to rappers in America. Because maybe over there, they're talking about more relatable shit. Not as far as oh, I'm in the UK, I know what's going on in the UK, but they're more talking about probably some real shit rather than a lot of rap in America now. It's just ah, but the the foreign, but that dumb shit, dumb shit, dumb shit. It's more like that. Maybe in UK, they're actually talking about some shit that you can gain value from. And you can get an insight on how they live, insight on their culture. So, man, I, I'm, I'm probably most likely going to... That's why interviews like this are good. Because I don't know about you, but when I listen to people's interviews, if I like the person, if I like the story, it makes me want to go check out their other work, right? That's why when I said earlier, Rap Radar has a Storms interview going uh, going out. They do different type of journaling than Charlamagne do, so they'll probably get different answers and different questions out of him. So I'll go watch that because as a person, Storm seems like he knows what the fuck he got going on. He seems like a a good guy. That's why I'm going to listen to his music whenever that comes out. So that, I, I did always wonder what UK people, like actual people from the UK think about Drake using that shit, right? So in his eyes, he said, it's good. It's a great thing. But some aspects of it can be bad and people can look down on us and look down on our genre of music. So, all right, man, that's all I got for you guys. There ain't really too much going on. I just really wanted to touch on those couple of things that I had right there. I wanted to touch on the Stormzy. I really wanted to touch on the Aaron Hernandez documentary, the the money bag yo thing. I just thought that was a stand up thing for him to do. And there's some other things I was going to talk about, but I don't really give a fuck, but I don't really care about George Zimmerman fake getting beat up by boot. It, it just, it just doesn't matter. Like, what am I talking about that for? Even the little comedian said he raped somebody. I mean, I, that's you. You probably shouldn't have done that shit. You probably shouldn't even said that shit. You're not even at the level where if you say that people are just like okay that might just be comedy when you say it people are gonna be outraged by it but then when i think about it as well his target audience probably doesn't even care about it. his target audience of comedians and comedy and people like that they don't care about it just to come out the shows so that's all i got for you guys a short episode hopefully tomorrow friday episode there'll be more things to talk about and it'll be a little bit more you know razzle dazzle going on with it but i just really wanted to touch on aaron doc aaron hernandez documentary because it was just a good doc, and I feel like you should go watch it. So make sure you subscribe, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, all that good shit like that. The Different Show. Follow The Different Show on Instagram. If um, if you're not, let me know that you're listening. And I'll see you guys tomorrow for the last episode of the week, Friday episode. Music is coming out tonight. Uh, Revenge of the Dreamer Deluxe is coming out today at 9 p.m. Revenge of the Dreamers 3. We'll talk about that tomorrow. So that's all I got for you guys, man. Make sure you subscribe, all that good shit. I'll see you guys next time. It's your boy, D-Friend. Peace.